Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like build and bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this deep sales, and LinkedIn has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. You have to be so careful of who gives you advice. And one thing that Matt will tell you, and one of the reasons that we had so much sympathy and why I got onto the show, and I've been on the show for now a couple of years, I don't bullshit people. Yeah, I will tell you the truth whether it benefits me or not. I don't care to lie to people because I really don't care after I talk to you to like, oh, well, let me just note this down. I told John that this was this way. So I need to make sure every single time I talk to John, it's just not the, nobody wins that way. Everybody would make more money in the finance space, the real estate investment space, if everybody was just honest and transparent. going on guys welcome into another episode of money moves where we cover all things stocks real estate investing and personal finance to help you on your financial freedom journey as always your co-host well my co-host mr breedwell what up Matt, I'm, what's up guys i am slow today i might need to take another sip of this coffee no i'm back from mexico so i'm still two hours ahead I'm on that GMT, not and, that PST. And how was it? It was great. Um, had a good time. Went down uh, with uh, my wife and a and a buddy. Disconnected for a few uh, days for about a week. Sorry for uh, anybody that reached out. We uh, cell service down in Mexico is pretty terrible. So is Wi-Fi. So hopefully, how dare uh, you have a personal life? Dude. I know some people. Uh, I know I got some emails to get back to. As long as you were out there making all of us money. Oh, absolutely. I get I get cash in the bank when I sleep. So do y'all. Um so yeah, no, it was a good it was a good trip. Um what was your what was your favorite part about the trip? We went to this uh little island off the coast of Mexico called Isla Mujeres, uh, which is essentially when you're in Cancun, it's this little strip, about twenty-five ferry, twenty-five minute ferry ride to it. And the island is um, has about, man, I want to say there's a couple thousand people that live there. And mm. so we, we just rented a golf cart and we, were, we went back and forth up and down the island and just stopped at places. Um, I had gone there in 2017, so five years ago, with my other buddy, Sam, who was the best man at my wedding. And when we went there, it was even 
I mean, like the amount of development that happened in five years was pretty crazy. Um, it was really cool though, because we were, if Mexico is cheap, Isla Mujeres is like cheap, 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 cheap. So we were eating for three people with drinks and it was like 16 US dollars. Nice. Um, like very good stuff. So it was really fun. That was probably my favorite part of the trip. Um, overall, my favorite part, like I said, again, was just being able to just chill for a Unplug days. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's been a busy year, especially in my world. So just, you know, every once in a while being able to disconnect and enjoy the time with your significant other is an important part. Absolutely. Health and wealth management, got to have the health part. That's right. Before we dive in today, don't forget to send your questions in 844-447-1555. If you are new to the show, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. If you enjoy the show and you haven't done so already, take 60 seconds. Leave us a review on iTunes is how we continue to spread this content with your support. And of course, if you want a free financial portfolio review from Ryan and his team, come on, text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. If you're an accredited investor, you want to get on my deals list, just text the word deals to 844-447-1555. That being said, we've got some great content for you guys this week. We've got this date in history coming up here in just a second. Stock market updates on earnings options, expirations, Mm. current setup in the market and what Ryan and his team are seeing. We got a big Billy Boy meeting going on in Wyoming this week. We got some Tesla news. Mm -hmm. We also have some real estate updates for you guys. But before we do that, man, there was uh, some big money moves last week in terms of maybe the government trying to get more money out of your pocket. Yeah. 87,000 trained and keyword here, armed. Boom. Packing that heat, IRS agents. And this seems pretty aggressive. You and I were joking around of like, man, if if somebody was, I don't even know why an IRS agent agent would need a a gun first off. Like if somebody shows up and is like, hey, you owe a bunch of money. Like, what are you going to take it out of my pocket right now? Or like, we don't have debtors prison. So I mean I I have no idea either. It's it's pretty it's pretty weird. Um I can tell you, you know, this is what you get when you vote for Democrats. Um this is the type of shit they'll do. But uh the IRS has not ever needed a gun nor should they need need a gun. There's no it makes zero sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. When's the last time the IRS came to anybody's house that you know of. Do you know that they're literally not allowed to? I just to? finished an IRS audit. They're not allowed and to And I come. got that golden letter, that golden ticket saying that I'm good. Yeah. And did they ever... But come? I haven't had somebody actually, like when they were auditing me, I didn't have somebody actually show up at my place of work it's or illegal. at my house. It's illegal. So then I don't understand. It's a, there's a federal statute that says they cannot show up to your house. It is... In fact, one of the reasons I know that is because my father business mm-hmm. owner, obviously. He's gone through a couple audits. One of the ways he got out of an audit was because the auditor did come to his house. And he said, yep, perfect. I'm just going to file that you came to my house and they completely removed the audit. So uh, it doesn't make any sense. What I will say is, uh, what does make sense is the amount of people they are uh, picking, you know, 87,000. It's not to audit wealthy people. Wealthy people don't generally get audited. Um, it's actually for every 10 audits that happen, eight of the people 
make less than $100,000 a year or the families. So the people that they generally audit are lower middle class to lower income individuals because they know that they don't have the resources to defend themselves. It is as plain and simple as that. And every audit that my dad has ever gone through, or I'm sure you've ever gone through, the one thing they even got my dad on was a, that he he wrote off my mom's plane ticket. Yeah, I was going to say it was, you know, the the amount of money that, which is crazy to me, the, the amount of money that they're actually going after for these... Minuscule. It's so small, but I, I love how it's, they're going after the narrative that the Democrats are using is they're going after billionaires. They're absolutely not. Guys, there are 788 billionaires in the world. In the world. 87,000 new IRS agents. So if we're doing the math here uh, to those 87,000... It's like a couple thousand people per person. It's 110... Excuse me, a couple. IRS agents. 110 IRS agents per billionaire. Like, come on. That's, That's just... They do have a lot of backlogs and taxes to get caught up with sure. for people that and, and the they do need more bodies to get the backlogs caught up, and that's because a lot of people filed extensions from twenty twenty three to twenty two. That makes sense. I still don't think eighty seven thousand new people getting hired um, is uh, is going to do anything. Um, that's my opinion. Uh, what I think they're going to do, I think they're going to go after um, small business owners. Yeah, they're going to go after used, independent contractors. Yeah. They're going to go after the small HVAC company. They're going to go after the freelancer. They're going to go after all the people that they think did not report taxes the way they should have. I do think that there's going to be a group of individuals that also uh, miss a uh, misappropriated funds as far as the PPP loans and stimulus or did not qualify for stimulus and said mm-hmm. that they did. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see that start to transpire um, because I know, I know that there's a good amount of people that are not bad people that, are, that do good business, but got their businesses to where they are today because they used funds in that manner, mm-hmm. which is not what they were for. Uh, thinking that they would never get caught. We'll see if those people get caught. And if they do get caught, it's going to be a big, big deal. Well, I think part of it is looking backwards, but I also think part of what they're doing is preparing for what is coming. The new Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, which uh, Manchin came out this week. A bunch of people who wrote the bill were like, uh, yeah, no, it's, 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 not, it's not reducing. This is not for reducing inflation. Um, they're going to place a $52 billion tax increase on small businesses under this act. They're going to place a $72 billion tax increase on seniors' retirements and 401ks. And they're going to increase taxes by nearly $17 billion for taxpayers earning less than $200,000. So mm-hmm. with that much tax coming in front of us or towards you, well, it makes sense why they want to have a few more bodies on the bench to go out and get that money that they think they're going to need to get in order to reduce inflation. Yeah, just don't fall under the guise that, um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that uh, conservatives are 100% on the things that they say either. But, you know, no, Democrats don't care about going after billionaires. That's just a line that they say. Democrats don't care about African-Americans. That's just a line they say. Democrats don't care about Latino Americans. That's just a line that they say. It's all for votes and for money um, on both sides. 
So it's, it's fine to have that uh, opinion as long as you have a sobering and level opinion. I just choose the side that chooses to tax me the least amount and let me have the most freedoms with my business and do my day-to-day the way that I feel like I want to do it. And um, that's why I'm a conservative and that's why I'm a Republican. Very simple, folks. Very simple. Y'all should vote with your pocketbook, not your emotions. Just like you should make your investments, not with your emotions. Very simple. So before we dive into a state of the market and update, we got a little trivia question for you today. This date in history. What stock or company offering is one of the most famous financial bubbles in history? Oh, God. What stock or companies is one of the most famous financial bubbles in history? We need like the... I mean, the, a lot of them are going to be in the dot-com bust. Yep. This one goes back even further. 1700s. Oh, uh, the uh, I know which one it is. It's going to be the uh, the shipping company. Ooh, um, like a shoe, big boy. Five, four, something, three, something two, C limited. One. Yeah, you're close. August 22nd, 1720. South Sea Company has South its... Sea Company. Has its fourth stock offering to the public selling 10,000 shares... At 1,000 pounds each, the shares sold out by one o'clock. Unfortunately for investors, it would turn out that the South Sea Company shares had peaked weeks earlier at 1,050 a share. Within four weeks, the price of a share of the South Sea Company would be $200 or 200 pounds, down 75%. By late August 1720, the South Sea Company was rapidly in decline as the government and its people become suspicious of the countless bubble companies that were popping up months earlier. In order to attract investors and maintain its share price, the company announced a 30% dividend with a promise of increasing it to 50% in 12 months. The company needed a high share price to sell new shares to maintain its promise. However, people were slowly beginning to see through the hype and the South Sea Company bubble was about to burst. The South Sea Company would have only weeks left before its shareholders would be ruined. To this day, South Sea Bubble is one of the most famous financial bubbles in history. I know that there's a president or a uh, founding father that lost a lot of money in that. Sir Isaac Adams. Newton. Newton. Sir yes. Isaac Newton. That's who it was. That's how I know. That's yep. how I know the story. He Look actually, you, man, you he, know your shit. Yeah, I remember we we studied this in a, a college. He got in originally, very early. He actually made money on his first purchase, but he sold out right before the mega rise. Uh, he bought back in on that offering uh-huh. with most of his money, and then sold back out completely at a loss. So that's also. He's a very good, Mr. Isaac Newton, very good example of why you don't try to time the market. Yes. Yeah, there's some information here. Um, Sir Isaac Newton owned shares in the South Sea Company, the hottest stock in England, sensing that the market was getting out of hand. The great physicist muttered that he could calculate the motions of the heavenly bodies, but not the madness of the people. Newton dumped his South Sea shares, pocketed 100% profit totaling, 7,000 pounds, but just months later, swept up in the wild enthusiasm of the market, jumped back in at a much higher price, and he lost 20,000 pounds. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, see? You got a good guy. And it, 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 that, that is a great point to 
consistently bring up, you guys have heard us say this over and over again, right? Why you don't try and time the market, yeah. why fundamental investments consistently over an extended period of time, diligence and discipline to your plan is what wins long-term. Yep. There's, there's even the most insanely smart geniuses like Sir Isaac Newton, right? Uh, can't even time the market and use their high IQ and intelligence to win because too many systemic risks. I was going to say, yeah, there's too there's much, so many things out of your control. Yeah, too many things happening that you cannot control or diversify away from. That's systemic risk, and um, it's the most sobering thing to understand in any investment. And you know that's why you know I get so salty some of the times when I see some of the shit on the internet about people. Oh, you know buy my course and we'll all teach you how to buy stock options or do this and this and this and this is what will happen. Probably the most recent thing that I've been getting hit up on is that there's a video that has circulated that you can do something with life insurance that you just absolutely cannot do. Um, what was it? It was it was setting up, and this is the funniest part, you have uh, the person that's running the video hasn't had their insurance license for more than maybe 16 months. So they've been licensed to sell life insurance for less than a year and a half. They have a video explaining to people that, oh, do you know what I do? I go and purchase my, I go buy a car in cash. Pretty fucking stupid already. You just bought a depreciating hmm. asset in cash. Then I lease the car to my corporation. Then I take the lease payment from my corporation that the corporation pays to myself individually and I put that money into my life insurance policy and I write off the lease payment. <laughs> like that all sounds great, except there's a whole section on your schedule, Schedule E, I believe. That would, this is not tax advice and you should make sure you talk to your tax professional before you make any tax moves that you have to report lease income. It's in anytime you take a lease payment, it's because you're the lien holder on the asset. You're you're leasing the asset to make profit. So it's just, again, so that person is telling people, oh yeah, do this, do this. And then, you know, fund your fund your policy with this and you can take a tax write-off. Completely cannot do that. Mm. Like you absolutely cannot do that. And the problem is. You can make a very nice and flashy video and look really clean. That's enough to convince people that you know what you're doing nowadays, mm -hmm. which is really unfortunate and sad. Um, but if you go and just take five seconds, go look up who's giving you the information. What does that person done? Who, how long has that person been doing it? Do you really think that that person knows what they're talking about? I will tell you, that person has no fucking idea what they're talking about is giving tax advice with no tax background and is also telling you a, a corporate structure and a structure with a product that would literally by tax code does not work. You could even get into self-dealing, which you know about self-dealing. You cannot take an entity and use it to your personal advantage to supersede the tax code. It's self-dealing. The IRS will see it and they will penalize you for it. Uh, you get that with people trying to take money out of like SEP IRAs mm -hmm. or qualified investment yep. accounts. Yep. You are not allowed to self-deal with yourself. So again, I'm getting off on a tangent, but just Ooh, somebody's just being very cautious of who you get 
I was just going to say, it's so easy now to, you know, do some research on the internet, which most of the time is not it's accurate not information. Accurate, yeah. And create a YouTube video or a reel because you want to get some views. It, it really is extreme. I mean, when you're talking about your financial future, you better do your research, your due diligence on the people that you are taking that advice from, what they've done, what their net worth is, what their cash flow is, what businesses they've bought and sold, what kind of real estate assets or holdings do they have? I mean, this is, this you, is the best real. wisdom comes from real experience or from great, great, great counsel from people who have collective wisdom and massive experience. And most of the people that are out there nowadays, you know, I was watching this, you know, I went down this little rabbit hole on TikTok the other day on like personal finance stuff, because obviously I'm trying to create some more, you know, content for you guys on what is information that really is important for people to know. And I mean, some of these people that are, they got a lot of views and a lot of followers and the information they're putting out is legitimately wrong. like 100% wrong or very, very off. Or and they're loaded. like 21 years old and they just graduated with their finance degree and they've got no real world experience. Correct. It's, it's crazy. It's honestly, it's, it is the, it's the fallacy of social media. I've been on here and, you know, the hard part is you got people with, uh, styrofoam spines that don't, you know, if we try to call them out, they'll fucking try to send a bunch of white paper. We've done that one before. That guy's a fucking <laughs> bitch. But anyway, <laughs> and I hope you're listening, you know who I'm talking about. Um, the, you have to, you have to be so careful of who gives you advice. And I am the one thing that Matt will tell you. And one of the reasons that we had so much sympathy and why I got onto the show and I've been on the show for now a couple of years, I don't bullshit people. Yeah. I will, I will tell you the truth, whether it benefits me or not. I don't care to lie to people because I really don't care after I talk to you to like, Oh, let me just note this down. I told John that this was this way. So I need to make sure every single time I talk to John, it's just not the, nobody wins that way. Everybody would make more money in the finance space, the real estate investment space. If everybody was just honest and transparent, mm -hmm. if they didn't show you the, the best case scenario at all times, if they told you the good, the bad and the ugly, and that just doesn't exist in our world. And one of the things that I always, you know, tell people when I'm first talking to them, you realize that when we invest, I'm going to lose your money at some point, multiple times, it's going to go down. I'm just going to make you a lot more over the exact timeline that I'm doing I, that for you. Correct. We'll just make more money over a long period. You realize when you buy this life insurance policy, this is a long-term commitment, that there's a premium load that you, yeah, we can do this policy that has liquidity early on, but do you know you have no flexibility in your premium? You're paying almost a 20% premium load. You can't stop paying premiums until you're 65, 100, 85. Have you gone over that? Have you gone over the sacrifices of using something that you can access earlier versus being patient and having the flexibility to do whatever you want? Those are the types of questions and conversations that you have to have. I had a, recently I was in, I, I wrote some business for somebody that ended up having to cancel the policy on because they just were so caught up in, in Google. I just couldn't, I couldn't convince them. I'm showing them third-party reports. I'm showing them, you know, this is this. I'm, we're using the best company in your state. I, I have the data right here. It says it from a third party as of July 2020. And the person still wants to go off of, oh, yeah, well, I saw this on Google and Google says this and this. You can't fix stupid. Oh, Google. So, yeah, exactly. Anybody that... Or Dr. Google, you know, we get mm -hmm. sick, Dr. Google. 
those are just the type of people that are not going to be successful. They're going to overthink themselves into a... Uh, to inaction. To, inaction. To, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it all, again, boils down to Matt has no problem telling you the truth. I got no problem telling you the truth. It You need to work with people that are an advocate for what's f- best for you, for your situation, and not just, you know what, this is a transaction that's profitable for me. I'm going to knock this transaction out move on to the next and nothing nothing to show for it. I don't care what happens to the person. Those are the majority of the people that you're seeing on the internet. As, as sad as that is on the syndication side and on uh, financial planning or life insurance or money management, same thing here. It's the exact same thing. So just be very picky about who you're dealing with with your money and do your research. You can Google Matt's name and see a lot of good stuff. You can Google my name. I have a federal website all about me with my background and my information to show you I'm legit. Um, You should do that kind of stuff and not be embarrassed to talk to your person about that because they should be able to provide you their pedigree of why they're good Mm -hmm. at what they're doing. Absolutely. Stock market earnings. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. We had a little bit of a rocky week last week. Home Depot and Lowe's were great. Um, I had some Fubo TV uh, well, they had very good guidance. I had some like a fifty percent upside on some Fubo TV. So shout out to all my uh, uh, clients that are currently with me that I'm buying that. We bought some of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I dumped a lot of my Nvidia stock for my clients. I know I did that. Uh, they have an earnings. But Nancy went over there and made sure that everything was good. What are you talking about? I should have done it when she did it, honestly. But I was a little bit. I got a Nancy. So, so based on the position that she took, no, no, based on is she winning? No, no, she took a huge loss on that. Massive, couple million dollar loss. It makes me feel kind of happy. Yeah, I um. I closed out the position for for very. We were very high up, uh, not to anything of my doing. It was purchased prior to when I um, was dealing with it. But um, what I'm really nervous about is on Thursday, Nvidia reports, and I don't think it's going to be good. Why not? I, um, I still think there's some supply chain issue, and um, and that still needs to get caught up on the semiconductor side. Well, I know uh, China's putting some pretty heavy sanctions on Taiwan and trying to really kind of stifle their ability to produce at the level. Yeah, and they produce. They did not like Pelosi and Taiwan playing nice in the sandbox together. No, and we're still sending U.S. reps there. I mean, there's a representative going there this week. I think the Treasury Department's going there this week. So Why? Um, it's it's a line in the sand that they're drawing with China to let China know, like, we don't care. You, can beat, your, you can beat your drum. You can shoot you know, shit into the water all you want. We're going to continue to go there because nobody tells the United States where they can go. Just like we don't tell you where you can go, you don't tell us where to go. We're we're following within international law. Um, I will say China cut interest rates today, try to boost their economy. So that I was going to say, I mean, there there is some talk about them going China going into a little bit of a crisis and a recession themselves. I don't know if the government would allow that. I think they'd manipulate the currency or the financial markets enough to make it so they didn't because President Xi is coming up for another election. But that could lead to a further economic crisis for them, which really could have a little bit of an impact on the whole world economy, right? 
if China's market crashes, it would be temporarily bad for the world economy. But then once everybody kind of baked into what was going on, it would actually be good because then goods in China would be so freaking cheap. And and then they would have no more leg to stand on. They would have to get, they would have to give, what am I trying to think? Uh, they would have to give, uh, okay, hey, we're not going to reg, you don't have to give us access to this. So, okay, hey, we're going to do business with you, China, but now you have to do this. Mm-hmm. We have a leg to stand on to negotiate. Yeah, the posture becomes a little bit posturing different. Posturing a little bit, yeah. Um, I'm not as worried about China as a lot of people are because as good as their economy looks on paper, it's it's realistically and holistically not that healthy because they the reports that you read are published by the government mm. and their government consistently manipulates their data to be uh, not oh, yeah. accurate or not true. And some people say the same thing about the United States, but we, we just use our way to get around that is we use lagging indicators. So... We don't ever tell the economy right now. We say, okay, well, this is what it was in July, so this mm-hmm. is what it should be next month. Mm-hmm. It's a way to kind of buffer to say, hey, it gives us some wiggle room to position. It, it provides gray, it provides gray area. Yeah, to let a- people do their own thing. It's it's so it's not so. Hey, the stock market's going down today. Yeah. Hey, it would be too choppy. It's yeah. hey, this is what happened last month. This is what. And it gives people an idea of when this happens, this is what you should do. It allows people to make free choice in an open market, shocker. And that's how capitalism, again, you know, grows. And, and that's why our economy is so stinking strong. Options expirations. Last Friday was a big option expiration. That's why we saw a massive um, pullback in the market opening up. Not so much. Const- we broke the four-week winning streak. Correct. Yep. Um, which is fine. Market doesn't just consistently go up. We had a rock in July, a crazy start to the beginning of August. Um, and Mondays are normally going to be profit taking days as well. So they're going to be people, you know, putting in trade orders over the weekend that that uh, process on Monday. So when the market's down a lot today, I'm not too worried about it. But I am um, keeping an eye on a few things. We have Jackson Hole on Thursday, like you mentioned. The bond market is starting to lean more towards a 50 basis point um, interest rate hike, which is positive and negative news to me because that's good that they're going to lower the interest rate because that means interest rate hike because that means that they are on the board that inflation is slowing. But I also don't want them to do that too early. And as I was saying to you earlier, I almost, while it's hot and heavy, why not just do one more higher interest rate hike and get it over with? Yep. And that gives us more runway for next year when we're going to cut interest rates potentially to have more to take off, which will boost the economy even more. We need the money. So it's not like it wouldn't be bad in the short term. So I, I, I'm still of the camp that I hope they do a 75 basis point hike. But if they do a 50 basis point hike, I think that's going to just give people a catalyst for, oh, or should we bake recession fears back into the market now because now they're starting to slow down. Is it too soon? And then I got to deal with all the recession talk again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm... I'm Because it's still out there. I mean, people are still talking about recession, yeah. going into recession by the end of the year. Yep. Um, it has not necessarily... I still don't. Itself. I still don't see. I still just don't see that happening, um, especially because we have an election year coming up again. I think all of this, in terms of really having a much stronger, 
I guess, um, stance around where the market and the economy of, as a whole really, really is, is going to be a lot clearer to people after the election. Because ultimately what feels like to me is, I mean, when the government administration goes in and tries to change the definition of what recession means, that means they don't want there to be any negative sentiment around what this administration is doing from an economics and policy standpoint. And so when you think about that, what does that tell you? It says they're going to do whatever they can and literally go in and change a textbook definition to get you to feel better about the current climate of where we're at. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast and trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. So I think that coming towards this election, they're doing whatever they possibly can, knowing that they're already on their heels and not looking very good to make consumers and Americans as a whole feel better about what they are doing and therefore giving them a little bit more momentum going into or at least stronger talking points when we're debating and discussing key issues that are going on in America right now to hopefully get the outcomes that they desire in these elections. But after that happens, and after this political jockeying and narrative is in the rearview mirror, and oh yeah, we're two years down the road, okay, now let's let the real house of cards fall where they need to fall. We all got our you know real hand shown, and therefore people are really gonna start to respond, react, and do what is necessary going forward. But I don't think that we ultimately know the truth, kind of like you said about what's going on with China right now. Yep. I don't think we really know the truth of what's really going on as clearly as many of us would like to until we get through this election. And then we'll start to see some of that dust settle from these last two years, really. Yeah. And that's why I've been saying, uh, you know, I think early Q1 this year, I, I kind of, it looked like November was going to be the the elbow, the pivot point, um, 
and it's still looking like that's lining up for some good timing. I don't have a crystal ball. It's just an educated best guess. Um, but that's still looking pretty solid. I mean, here we are halfway through August. Um, and, and it's looking like there's going to be a potential red wave um, coming through. Hopefully in Arizona, uh, Carrie Lake gets elected to uh, governor. Um, Your girl Liz Cheney lost. I saw Liz Cheney got <laughs> she got smoked in Wyoming. Um, CNN, I don't know if you saw, they've canceled three. Brian Stetler. Uh, they announced today Don Lennon and... Uh, oh, no way. Yeah, they canceled those shows as well. Wow, those uh, are like their three biggest. Yeah. Um, why, why do you think they're doing that? Well, I just think that... Um, are they just when ratings, fresh blood in or what? When, when ratings are as low right. as they are and they can't pull... I mean, yeah, it's it's what happens when you put fucking COVID-19 stats on the side of your, your program and run it and try to scare people. Yeah. Nobody wants to watch anything that just, yeah. just constantly pushes well, fear. And, and, the, and the, the lies that were pushed and then seeing how it all played out. It's just not... You lose... It, you erode trust with your viewer, right? Yeah. They need some fresh faces in there. Um they honestly what needs to happen is you know and it, it it for fox news and everything too it needs to be a little more moderate i wish that the news is more moderate and not so like hey come here so we can jam down this point of view because then you get people that just watch a news network and they have such a limited point of view because they've only been given a biased point of view on what they are supposed to consider the news and unfortunately in america some people are just not educated enough to understand that they're getting a single view point of view and they're not getting the full picture it's like watching maury povich or like jerry springer but for world news right like Correct. it's so it's so fringe and it's not what represents the reality of what most of us are dealing with or are thinking about or experiencing on a daily basis and it just becomes like daytime reality tv honestly one of the best news not- networks is bbc world i Anytime I want to get what's going on, I will go to BBC World News. They do not care about America as much as the American news networks do. And they straight up will just tell you the actual important stuff that's going on. No don't no politic. I mean, they'll say, oh, yeah, you know, this is happening. But it's not like the Democrats come out and da, da, da. And I, I know I'm on here enough saying, you know, things that I don't like about the Democrats as well, but I have a show and a platform to do that. I'm not, I'm not providing news to the, to the masses. That's not my job. My job is to provide information to people that specifically want to get it from me. Um, so that, that's a big problem as well. Um, the other thing we have this week that I, that I didn't uh, mention is Thursday, we have our second uh, stock split for Tesla. So, three to one, right? Yeah, it was a five to one split prior. Um, and what a stock split does is it doesn't make you any more money. It just if a stock, if on a three to one split, if a stock was trading at $600 a share and you the split happened, you'd have three shares trading at $200 a share. So you don't have any loss of money. You don't have any gain of money. So principal, you what just is, have... What's the purpose of that? It, uh, like why do they do that? Good question. Generally, it's when the stock price is high. If you um, retail investors generally cannot buy stocks, I can buy stocks in fractions. Retail investors cannot most of the time, or they're limited on what they can buy. So if a Tesla share is seven hundred dollars, it takes one person seven hundred dollars to buy one share. 
versus if Tesla stock is $200, it takes a person $200 to buy one share of mm-hmm. Tesla stock. And it makes the barrier to entry lower. That's the reason they do it. It also increases the amount of stock so they can distribute more stock to run the price up again. So it's a common practice. Google uh, recently, uh, or Amazon recently did it. Google, I believe, is in the work to do it. Those are, you know, share prices of a thousand or something. Booking Holdings, that'd be a great company to potentially do that. Their share trades were over $2,000 a share. Mm. Um, one that'll never do it, like Berkshire Hathaway A shares, trading for a couple hundred thousand dollars a share. Those are the reason they do that is so that it makes the barrier to entry to getting into that stock lower and it attracts more investors. Makes sense. Yeah. So that also is coming on Thursday, Thursday or Friday. I can't remember off the top of my head, but at the end of this week, uh, Jackson Hall on Thursday is probably the biggest event this week, minus we have uh, durable orders on Tuesday or Wednesday this week. Sorry, I'm mixing up my days. I believe it's on Wednesday. And I think the street consensus is a 60 basis point uh, increase. I'm expecting a beat almost as high as 1.2%. And I'm I'm, uh, siding with like Bank of America, Wedbush. uh, Those are the securities analysts that are in that boat. I think we're going to have better than expected uh, durable orders due to inflation uh, tightening up and the fact that supply chain looks like it's starting to get back on track as of July. Not where it needs to be, but back where where it should be. So those are the things I'm expecting. But Thursday and Friday, where Jackson Hole is going to happen, you hear whispers, we'll see the market do its thing. Then um, at 10 a.m. Eastern, I believe, on Friday, Jerome Powell does his, hey, this is what happened at Jackson Hole. This is what we talked about. This is what we're seeing. So talk about that real quick. What is going down at Jackson Hole? Jackson Hole, Wyoming, billionaires meet every single year. What are they doing? What are they talking about? Why is it important? State of the economy, what businesses are off paper experiencing? Like, hey, I know what the paper is saying, but like, what are you guys seeing? Um, It's a way for people to rub shoulders together, share ideas in a private setting. Media is not there. Um, But it's it's essentially a, a meeting of the minds. And the minds that are meeting are the ones that control a lot of the facets of our economy, the supply chain, big supply chain companies, big shipping companies, billionaires, multimillionaires, influential politicians, influential business owners. Those are the type of people that are going to be there, including Fed chairs. And the Fed chairs will be there talking to them and, and bankers and, and all the people that you'd want are there. And so it's, it's one of the best meeting of the minds that happens some people frown upon it, I'm sure. Just like when people say, you know, when they meet in Davos, people are like, oh, all the billionaires flying into Davos. It's the same idea. It's just a conglomerate of minds getting together off the record to share their ideas so that they can, can, you know, in one room at one time have all of those ideas. So hopefully something good comes from it. Uh, we'll know some more guidance on Friday. The focus is going to be the rate hike. Mm-hmm. Is 50 basis points looking like it's in, which I'm leaning more to that camp right now than I was two weeks ago? Or is it going to be a 75 basis point rate hike, which is what I wanted it to be, but it's looking like it's going to be that 50 basis point. So that's that's all Jackson Hole is. It's just a meeting of the minds. Real estate update. Inventory. Inventory bottom seasonally at the beginning of March 2022. It is now up 129% since then. But honestly, things are slowing down a little bit. Yes, it is more than double 
Altos reports inventory is up 27.8% year over year and is now 26.1% above the peak last year. Now, compared to two years ago, right, we like to take uh, this comparison just to kind of see where we're at in relation to, you know, 2020. And it's currently down 7.1%. So we're getting close to where it was in 2020. Inventory compared to 2019, currently down still a whopping 42.6%. So active inventory, yes, continued to grow, but the pace has slipped to 27% above one year ago. Um, The rate of improvement actually slipped again this week as the number of new listings continues to come in lower. So we're seeing things, you know, start to cool off a little bit. New listings, which are obviously a measure of sellers putting homes up for sale, were again down 15% from one year ago. This week marks a six straight week of year-over-year declines in the number of new listings coming up for sale, suggesting the homeowners are less eager to list homes for sale compared to last year, even though today's median listing price is more than 13% higher. We're also seeing a slowdown in showings, suggesting that there are further declines coming in closed sales in August. Since August, sales will be mostly for contracts signed in June and July when showings were down sharply. We had a lot more cancellations, according to National Association of Realtors. Um, and obviously, you know, that has to do with what happened with the rate hikes, right? Some people couldn't afford, some people got spooked, and it really feels like we're kind of at this stalemate in the market right now. You know, things are not necessarily getting more affordable, but at the same time, you know, we're not seeing as rapid of, you know, this increase in pricing and, you know, this demand is not really creating a frenzy like there once was. And so you got these sellers that are still psychologically going, well, the market is strong and I'm sitting on a shitload of equity in my house right now. So the distress in the marketplace, you got more people, I think, you know, testing the waters and going, hey, if I can sell right now at my number, you know, I'll do it. It makes sense. But if I can't, then I'll just hang tight right now. Because again, not too many people are in pain. This idea of a real recession being out there, I just don't think people have really felt that yet. And so without there being real motivating factors, which generally, you know, that create distress, finances are not ultimately, you know, rearing their ugly head at this stage of where the economy and the market is at. I think we got people that ultimately are, you know, just saying, hey, if I get this number, I'll sell. But if I don't, uh, I'm just going to chill for a little bit. And you got buyers that are going, man, I don't know what's going on with this market. Yeah, it feels like, you know, things are cooling off now and I got more leverage, but, you know, with rate hikes coming in and them being a little bit spooked, right? You got people that are still in the market, still transacting, but you don't have this frenzied mentality of, I got to come in a hundred thousand over ass because I'm going up against 20 other people. So maybe I can start offering a little bit lower. Oh, well, if they're not willing to come down on the price, then I'm just going to go look at the next house and maybe they will. And I'm going to go look at the next house as inventory continues to come up. So we're in this, what I like to call messy middle, where people ultimately have no real ground 
that feels firm to them to stand on. And therefore, we don't really know, are we in a seller's market, a buyer's market? Statistically, we know where we're at. But from a selling standpoint and a consuming or a buying standpoint, we're kind of in this you know, stalemate, this, this standoff of who's right. And I think that will ultimately play out, like I said, after the election, Q1 of next year, as we start to see some of these factors really get baked in and um, felt into the market. This last week, we had some interesting data come out from the American Community Survey Census, which showed the top 12 cities on Realty Hop's list for the most expensive housing markets. The top five least affordable housing markets in the U.S., number one, Miami, Florida, median household income, 44000 Medium home price, $610,000. Number two, Los Angeles, California, median household income, $69,000. Medium home price, $975,000. Number three, New York, New York, median household income, $68,000. Medium home price, $925,000. Newark, New Jersey, median household income, $38,000. Damn. And median home price three eighty five, in High Hialeah, Florida, median household income forty thousand dollars, median home price four hundred and sixty five thousand. So, I mean, it's still difficult to afford in a lot of these cities. And you know, out of the hundred cities in the index, the average American would have to dedicate at least forty percent of their income to own a home in 42 of them. Yeah, that's uh that's hard. That's uh that's unfortunate. I I will say that. I think that um that statistic is going to be that statistic for a long time until people stop uh being scared to take risk for themselves. That um a lot of people work for the people that took the risk and those people don't have any issue with any of this kind of stuff. That's like me and Matt um, things just cost more or cost less. And that's just how it is. I would hate to be somebody that has, that lives on, I can't even imagine living on a $38,000 income. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, I mean, I know investors out in Indiana and stuff that have like rent people that are renting their house. that live on like 15 grand a year. Um, great renters. They never leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's unbelievable that people would settle for something like that when the potential is unlimited and untapped into and it's all just based on doing the hard thing. It's sad, but that statistic exists because people are scared to do uh, the hard thing for themselves, which is, is taking risk. Schedule for the week, as you noted a little bit earlier, just to recap, uh, Monday, August 22nd, you got the Chicago Fed National Activity Index. Tuesday, new home sales... Wednesday, the 24th, Mortgage Purchase Apps Index, Durable Goods Orders, Pending Home Sales Index, and the Bureau of Labor Statistics will release the 2022 Preliminary Benchmark Revision to Mm. Establishment Survey data. Thursday, August 25th, Gross Domestic Product, Second Quarter 2022 Estimate, Initial Weekly Unemployment Claims, and then Friday, you got Personal Income and Outlays. And as you mentioned, Papa Powell, Fed Chair Jerome Powell yep. doing his economic outlook 
uh, at the Jackson Hole Economic Policy Symposium. That that's gonna Thursday and Friday are the big days this week. Wednesday should see some movement when we get that uh, durable goods because durable goods are stuff that goes on shelves that's heavy and expensive. It's generally appliances and stuff like that. Those are expensive purchases. If I see corporations spending money, expensive money, that's good. With that being said. If you got any questions for us, text us 844-447-1555. Big shout out to everybody that DMs us, sends us messages, shares these you know, posts and uh, this content with your friends. You got people that are ultimately looking to be in the right money conversations. And as you've heard me say before, you grow into the conversations that you surround yourself with, good or bad. You grow into the environments you put yourself in, good or bad. So making sure that you're participating in the right conversations and most importantly, bringing other people into the conversations that you know have similar goals to you that want to move down that same path. I know for me, I I was craving this stuff early on and I knew I wanted to be a millionaire. I knew I wanted to be financially free, but I just didn't know necessarily where to start. And the best place that I found I got the most traction and momentum was when I got around people having the right conversations in the right environments, whether that was masterminds, whether that was a podcast. When I found those veins, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to mine in this until there's no gold left. And we hope that we can continue to be a vein that helps you mine for the gold that you're looking for on your financial freedom journey. So if any type of value is gained or received from our show, all we ask, take 60 seconds, leave us a review on iTunes, share this message with a friend, a family member, a coworker, somebody that you know is on that financial freedom journey with you. I call it the barrel monkeys. I'm always you know, looking to get one arm up and elevate myself, but don't you know, make any mistake that I'm not looking to bring somebody along with me. And that is why we love our Millionaire Mindcast community is you guys are always looking to elevate and level up yourself, but you're always looking to bring other people with you. So the more people we can collectively do this together and create that moment momentum and create that outcome for many people, the ripple effect that it's going to have on you, your families, your companies, your communities is only going to benefit everyone together. So with that being said, We appreciate you guys. We love you guys. Until next week episode, cheers. Cheers. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Wealth Building Wednesday. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. If you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you either leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you enjoy listening to this content on or share this with somebody that you know can gain some insight, some value from it. One of the things that you guys know about Ryan and I is, you know, we definitely won't say we have all the answers and we definitely won't say we know it all. We just want to bring conversation to the areas, the topics that we believe are really important to bring attention and awareness to, to help you sharpen your axe, put more tools on your tool belt, weaponize you to make the best decisions that align not only with your financial goals, right, but your lifestyle goals. So if you guys want to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. Most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective or really in most cases overcharged and whether or not their current investment plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish and by when. And this is something Ryan does for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that x-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you are someone who is serious about building your wealth and 
you're already kind of established, but you want to surround yourself with other like-minded, high net worth individuals, be sure to text WEALTHCAMP, one word, to 844-447-1555 to learn more about our intimate five-star experiences with other like-minded business owners and investors to cross-pollinate, to hear what they're doing, and to have a whole hell of a lot of fun while we're doing it. And last, if you want to know more about consulting or getting mentorship directly from me or from Ryan, you can learn more by texting the word MENTOR to 844-447-1555. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your march to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends. 